Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Andy Dalton says it's his time in Chicago, but is it really? And aren't there several NFL teams better off moving away from their QB1? Joe Rigotti hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. It's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Sometimes you're better off just cutting bait. Why have something that's not going to make a significant impact just because it makes things more comfortable? I think it's time to probably move on, and this doesn't just apply for the Bears and Andy Dalton. It probably applies to several NFL teams. Ken Levick alive featuring Coquel. I don't distance myself from him. I love him as my radio life partner. Joe Rigotti, Captain Competency, here with us as well, running things in the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, right off of the uncomfortably warm Intracoastal in the Phillips Point Towers. Coquel remains in his COVID quarantine in Port St. Lucie in his garage, already off to a good start with a light cough. Uh, how you feeling, pal? I feel great. Actually, that was just clearing my throat. I probably should have done that during the break. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good radio discipline on your part. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. No problem. No, I'm good. I think I'm uh, back in studio tomorrow. Really? According to all reports. Yes, sir. Oh, man, that's exciting. Just don't get too close to me, okay? I'm still going to be masked up just to be sure, but I am by all reports. I think I'll be back. Awesome. Cool. I'll bring the saran wrap and make sure I put it over your face as well. Uh, I'm actually not going to take any precautions. I'm just going to build a a plastic wall like Kirk Cousins, and uh, that's it. You know what? what Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go to to Home Depot. Get your plexiglass. Make yourself a Kirk Cousins box. And you know what you should do just to really drive home? Hey, I've got the antibodies. You should just come into the office and start licking everything. Just lick the walls, lick the phones, lick the board do all of that i haven't cleared this with fauci or anything but i'm pretty sure i'm superman at this point you're indestructible that's it i mean i the vaccinated now i have the antibodies i basically can punch covid in its face awesome are you gonna have to go back on the diet because all you've been eating is junk since you've been in quarantine no, I've actually been pretty good. I've been doing okay with that. So I'm doing I'm hanging in Man, there. My, my, my special boy is improving his life. All it well, took no. was the Delta variant to do that. Unbelievable. My wife is home too. So that, And she's in the oh. room she's in is between my quarantine room and the, the junk food. Uh-huh. So like every now and then I can put something in my pockets when she's not looking so, and sneak it back in. Yeah, but that's so about it. She's the gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. Oh, a tough life you've got going. So yes. hopefully Coquel is back in studio tomorrow. Uh, I, I want to start with something that, uh, that brought me a good chuckle yesterday. Uh, this is Chicago Bears media availability, and this is the Red Rifle himself, Andy Dalton, who, if you recall, uh, back when, when he was signed, the Bears tweeted out a photo of him with the caption, QB1. So with all the excitement around Justin Fields, I mean, he's already been named. Andy Dalton's already been named QB1. But now the city of Chicago is a flutter with Justin Fields' love because of what he did against the Dolphins, showing many flashes of potential in their preseason game Saturday. This is Andy Dalton yesterday talking about his current situation. I know who I am. I know who I was created to be. I know um, where my identity lies. And so um, do I want the fans behind me and this team and all that kind of stuff? Yes. Do I want them behind Justin? Absolutely, I do. Um, But 
I, that's not my focus. I can't focus on all that right now. Um, like I've said before, Justin's going to have his time, and Justin's going to have a great career. But right now, it's, it's my time, and so my focus is on being the best player I can be for this team and do everything I can to help this team win. Coquel, you heard that. Andy Dalton saying, right now, it's my time. Uh, Andy, I don't, I don't necessarily know if it's your time. It has to be, though. Someone had to relay that message to him that it is his time. Okay. then Besides let's... the social media director who put a QB1 with that picture that was mocked everywhere. I really hope that social media director got the go-ahead from the coaching staff before he or she did that. I'm starting to think he did with a comment like that because the first half of those comments by Dalton weren't bad. Of course he's going to say he supports the quarterback. Of course he's supposed to even say, I'm here to compete for a starting job. I'm here to be ready when my number's called. But to say it's my team feels like it came from somewhere else, that he knows that it is his team, and they have plans to not start fields for a few weeks, which I just don't understand. More and more, the more I watch football and the more you see rookies able to make an impact and you see the emphasis that's being put on a rookie quarterback and you don't have the money constraints that you used to because there's rookie wage scales as opposed to just giving them massive contracts right away, more and more I believe in putting out on the field what you drafted, and letting the learning curve start in real-time action. Andy Dalton might say it's his time, but no, I don't think it is his time. I think it's Justin Fields' time, and I think the Bears are better off moving away from their QB1, even if he's never officially played a QB1 snap, and going to Justin Fields. But this also extrapolates to several NFL franchises, I think, for different reasons. Because you have a number of franchises that have placeholders or they have rookie quarterbacks or they have drama or they have a medium ceiling where they're really never going to realize potential with the current quarterback that they have. I ask you, which QB1's time most needs to come to an end for the good of their franchise? Which QB1's time most needs to end for the good of their franchise? I say... Andy Dalton with the Bears, but there are several options here. 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and you can tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. Like, let's just, Coquel, look at the rookie quarterback situation. Let's go to this level of QB1s that could see their time coming to an end and their franchise may be better off if they just pull the trigger on this. Uh, let, let's go ahead and just discuss what's happening right now in San Francisco because you have a lot of excitement around Trey Lance. But you and I both discussed this. Trey Lance did not look particularly good right like his first preseason game no he wasn't was good. not great but he had the one throw which again we get wowed by these throws we did it with Zach Wilson in shorts every NFL quarterback can make those throws now when the guy's wide open but there's also just such a meh about Jimmy Garoppolo just such a eh, he's Alex Jimmy Smith G. pre-injury that's what he is no one's going to appreciate him but all he does is win games that's what I feel like Jimmy G's career is going to be. He's going to go somewhere else, just like Alex Smith did, and he's going to win games but never be good enough maybe to take you over the edge. But then you have the big lead uh, writing a story, and this is actually based off of something Dominique Foxworth said on Get Up where he said that Trey Lance needs to be the quarterback for the 49ers to have any expectations of winning a Super Bowl because Jimmy Garoppolo is just a game manager. He's never going to lead them 
to an opportunity, again, to win a championship. Trey Lance is the way they get to that point. So that process needs to start sooner rather than later. Uh, And uh, so that goes back to my argument about placeholders. What is actually the purpose? If you feel like, if you drafted a guy and you feel confident, because don't forget, Coquel, the 49ers moved up to go get Trey Lance. They moved up to take Trey Lance in the top three of the draft. So if they felt that strongly, they felt that confidently in Trey Lance, why not get it rolling now? Like, move Jimmy G out of the way. Well, the only thing is Trey Lance didn't play FBS football. Trey Lance barely even played football last year, so I would sit him for a little while. I'm in the camp of you're not going to win a Super Bowl with either of them. You're probably not going to make the playoffs with either of them. Let's let him sit for a few weeks. Let's see if our own line is solidified. Let's see if we can keep Jimmy G healthy. Maybe get some trade value out of Jimmy G and then play Trey Lance because he's got a long way to learn, and it showed last week. Uh, And then there's a team like Minnesota. Your gut, Coquel, your gut tells you Kirk Cousins is able to accomplish what, ultimately, as a starting quarterback in the NFL? Maybe get you to an NFC championship? Correct. I agree with you. And that means that the Vikings are paying a lot of money. They're paying a massive contract to a guy who not only is an annoying distraction in the locker room because of his anti-vax thoughts, he also is not a guy who's going to lead you to a championship. Sometimes an NFL team will get lucky with a mediocre quarterback because their defense can carry the day. The Vikings aren't one of those teams. The problem is the Vikings don't really have any sort of option behind Kirk Cousins, and they need to start planning for that because the Vikings are not going to take a next step until Kirk Cousins is no longer in the picture. He is not the answer. He is not going to bring them to a Lombardi trophy the Vikings are better off with that QB1 out of the way sooner rather than later. Which how many how many years does Cousins have left in his contract? Because uh, I'm pretty sure he got that. Wasn't he the first guy to get it all fully guaranteed? Yeah, yeah. So Let they, me check they're, on that. they're stuck, man. They're in a ditch with Cousins. Well, and that's like, that's part of the problem is that they have, you're right, they have created a ditch. And I don't think that they can get themselves out of it. I don't think that they can uh, remove themselves from Kirk Cousins. It doesn't change the fact that the franchise is in a better spot when he's no longer there. He becomes an unrestricted free agent in 2023, so he's got two more years left on his contract. Yeah, so you got to play. You draft one next year. Yeah. Them. that that's got to be their move if they agree with us that they can't win with them. Clearly they saw something they didn't. A lot of this happens can I and I never understood it. I'm going to go back to a local situation with Tannehill when Tannehill first got that big money. He was good enough to be a good quarterback on a lower contract. But once you give them these max deals or these huge deals, all of a sudden their value, their play of being pretty good makes them underwhelming. They're really good if you get them cheap, but they're under. I don't understand why every time a quarterback is above average, we feel like you have to pay franchise money and hinder the rest of your uh, cap. You'll never win that way. The problem is that's what the market dictates, and so there's such. But what a, team has won with that? Uh, not many. Not you know, many. Think about that. Any team that won with a bad quarterback, they weren't overpaying the bad quarterback. It was either they were on a rookie deal and they were underpaid. Or they had a guy who, you know, just happened to hang on and was able to win with defense around him. But think about it. You have in in the NFL, you your your desire to get a quarterback is high because it is a quarterback league. You're not going to be competitive more often than not if you don't have a quarterback. Are you going to be championship caliber? 
not sure. But when you have the Patrick Mahomes of the world and you have the Tom Brady's of the world, uh, every team wants to emulate that. And they're hoping that when they sign this contract to big money, they're going to see a continued trajectory upward. But what you're talking about is that many instances see that quarterback plateau. And Kirk Cousins is a perfect example of that. Which QB one's time most needs to come to an end for the good of their franchise? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. The Twitter's open. At ESPN West Palm. Let's go to Port St. Lucie. That's where we find Thurston. What's up, Thurston? How's it going, guys? Good, man. Um, I'm actually a Vikings fan myself, um, and they actually drafted Kellen Mond in the second round. This You're day. right. They do have Kellen Mond. That's a great call. Now, now let me ask yeah. you this, though. As a Vikings fan, what are your what are your expectations? What are your hopes for Kellen Mond? Um, you know, obviously, he's not going to play this year because we got happy feet holding it down for a couple <laughs> more years. But um, yeah. I can't stand Kirk Cousins, honestly. And as the NFC Championship thing that you guys said, uh, you have to play primetime games to get there, and I don't know if you've seen Kirk Cousins. No, he's miserable. But, uh, yeah, he is miserable. So, yeah, no, yeah. And, and so so you do you, you drafted a quarterback in the second round. I, I and he he was second round, right, Kellen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, I think the Bears moved up ahead of us to get Justin You're, Fields. Yeah, I think if he would have fell to fourteen, we would never traded with the Jets. And we yeah, drafted. and, and Mon made a, a a big push in the week or two leading up into the draft in terms of where he was valued and where he was going to be on draft charts. Uh, and so maybe he is an option. I will say this: like if you're the Vikings, uh, I, I think you are, and they're never going to do this because of the contract. But uh, they're they are better off saying, "Hey, Kirk, move out of the way. Let's get the youngster in." Because again, Kirk Cousins is I not wish. going to bring them. And and I know that's not how it works. But just looking at this hypothetical, you as a Vikings fan, the, the team long-term is in better shape if they could push Kirk Cousins out of the way. Like, that's just well, the truth. Even before the season, I already know it's 9-8 and eight or 10-7. and seven. Like, Yeah, and that, that sucks. That, that's a sucky feeling, right? <laughs> like, you're going to get in, yeah. but, uh, you know, cool. Cool wildcard appearance for a guy who's making huge money. And can't move outside of the pocket. Uh-huh, exactly. As you called him, happy feet. I like that. I'm stealing yeah. that from you. I'll buy you a beer to uh, pay you back at some point. Okay. Stormhouse. Yeah, it's Stormhouse Brewing. Awesome. Appreciate it, Thursday. Kellum, Kellum on, though, is he a guy where you're like, oh, got to get Cousins out of the way for him, or is it just a no. third-round pick? He was a third-round third round pick. He was a third-round pick, yeah. But he was at the top of the third round, the mm-hmm. 66 pick. But is he a guy where you go, oh, man, what he did at Texas A&M, like, I'm in love with him, or is he a guy you have to Google to look up and be like, Oh, that's their backup quarterback. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's the guy to move. I think he's in there as an insurance policy more than based anything. on the uh, based on the fact that I totally forgot that they drafted Kellen Mond in the third round. There's the answer the to your question. You know, I, I I listen. But if I'm a Vikings fan, if I'm Thurston, and I've seen Kirk Cousins do nothing overly effective, and uh, I, I, you know, other than put his foot in his mouth and then fall short in big moments, especially in prime time. I'm probably willing to just say throw the kid in and then we'll draft it. Like you were saying earlier, let's just draft another quarterback next year. Yeah, and you and you play both of them. You know, you battle mm-hmm. the quarterbacks sure. out. I'm not, I'm not opposed to drafting multiple quarterbacks over multiple years and seeing which one works out. Yeah, and hopefully your backup has a great preseason and you, and you can move forward. It's kind of like the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts. That's that, and that is you're reading my mind. I swear to God, Coquel, I was just about to say that. That is what I appreciate about the Eagles because there was drama. 
and controversy and distraction with the perpetually unhappy Carson Wentz. He's made of porcelain, as we've discussed so many times. So they just decided, you know what? Sorry, dude. Hit the sideline. You're, you're, you're our QB1, but we need to go in a different direction or at least see, take a peek. And so they did it. They showed conviction, and they brought in Jalen Hurts, and that was the right thing to do. And then the yeah. Dolphins. But this is what I appreciate about the Dolphins, too. And do, would it go smoothly? No. Could Brian Flores been more communicative? Probably. But Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know that he's just a guy. He's made a career out of being a placeholder, a guy who's going to keep the seat warm for the next guy. And the Dolphins, were they a little impatient? Sure. But do they have QB1, top five pick, and they're not going to hit any sort of massive ceiling with Ryan Fitzpatrick? Right. So that's where Tua, I think, had to play. I think they did the right thing. It was clunky, but they did the right thing. You have to decide if you think you can win with your team you have right now. Because you weren't going to win the Super Bowl rookie Tua. Yeah. Would you have won a Super Bowl with Fitzpatrick? Probably not. Could you have Probably made Probably not. No, def- yes. I mean, sorry, definitely not. No, I'm just saying, well, you just never know how things are going to – probably not basically means no. Okay. You know, we don't know how for sure what would have worked out down there because they would have been a playoff team. And Fitzpatrick can string along three games together. Four games? No, the fourth game will be nine interceptions. But those three games, <laughs> he can be really good. And if you get those at the right time, you can win a couple games. The, the Eagles have gone all in. They went from having a backup, though, but right now, who's their backup? Is it Flacco? So they've gone mm-hmm. to – they really believe Jalen Hurts is their guy, or maybe they'll draft another one next year. So there are ways to move out from this situation. The Dolphins now, is Jacoby Brissett one of those guys that you look at as he's in the way of Tua, or is he just one of those backups? He's a veteran career. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Like The Dolphins, Ryan Fitzpatrick was a veteran placeholder, whereas Jacoby Brissett is a veteran cushion. I'd rather have – a veteran cushion than a veteran placeholder if you're a team that doesn't have uh, major playoff aspirations. And what a great career that is. If you can become that guy who starts one year, makes a name for yourself, and then is a backup and never has to get hit again and just make a 12-year career out of backup money, like that's better than being a starter. Think about it. Nick Foles made a career out of being the hero backup. He has made a career out of being the heroic backup where his team – is not playing well or his team gets injured and he swoops in and saves the day. He has never been able to thrive in a starting situation where he's the full-year expectation QB1. But as soon as someone gets hurt or as soon as someone struggles, here he comes with the cape, and I've never seen anything like it. But I, I, I don't know if it's a different approach. I don't know if it is just a comfort level, and that's why guys like that succeed in certain situations. And I know that's different than what you're talking about, where there's just a guy with a clipboard, and he's in the quarterback room. But Nick Foles was like that on steroids. Not literally. Yeah. I'm not making an accusation. But, well, that's because he's got a big play mentality. What does that mean? I'm just saying he's got a big Play mentality. Thought, when you said big and then paused, I'm like, what are you, uh-oh, what are, where's Gokel going here? This is uh, uncomfortable. Good old, good old Nick. <laughs> uh, Andy Dalton says it's his time in Chicago, but is it really? Because if he's QB1, it's just sort of stunting what we all know to be inevitable, and that is Justin Fields coming in to be, at least athletically, the most dynamic quarterback I've ever seen in my lifetime with the Bears. Can he, can he win? 
Not sure. Is he the most dynamic after one preseason game? I'm really damn confident saying that. Which QB one's time most needs to end for the good of their franchise? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Twitter is open, as always, at ESPN West Palm. Let me throw one more for you. And you can probably shoot me down on this. Okay. Well, you can. I, not probably. You have a microphone. You definitely could shoot me down on this. But I would think there are at least, and they're the minority, but there are a number of Packers fans and those around football that think that the Packers long-term are better off finally getting Aaron Rodgers out of the way. Does that seem completely wildly off-base? No, because it is a reality because he doesn't want to be there. Um, yeah. And it's not just his age. You're right. That's the key part. It's not just it's, his age. Really, it's because it, he doesn't want to be if there. He, if he wanted to be there or they could salvage it, then it's one of the dumbest takes ever. But if the guy's going to leave anyway and you can start that process and get more for him, then I get it. But let's not get overhyped on Jordan Love's one preseason game. Oh, no, no, no. He ended up hurting his shoulder. He's cleared to play. But, like, I'm not I doing get too that. excited but by what, that. But what it would allow with Aaron Rodgers finally leaving is that you fully expose Jordan Love, see what he is or what he isn't, and then you can start the ball rolling on how to rectify the situation. So long-term, the Packers don't have to go into a long, dark winter, uh, at least more so than they actually realistically live in. Um, they can actually start to come up with solutions. But Aaron Rodgers, when I hear him say... Uh, yesterday, oh yeah, uh, a week before training camp, I was 50-50 about whether or not I was going to retire or come back. I mean, that that definitely causes you to pause a bit. And do I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a great season? Yeah. And is Aaron Rodgers an attention monger? Absolutely. But it's still, like a Packers fan, you're walking on eggshells this entire year with Aaron Rodgers' mood. that's, uh, That's rough. For as horrible as the Packers handled that situation, which I think was dreadful, it's kind of working out for them because now they're having Jordan Love has the pressure of knowing he's the man in these preseason games. Jordan Love has the pressure of paying attention, knowing he's the man. Yeah. And they get an MVP in there playing while Jordan Love sits there and knows that he's the man and has all those pressures to play and learn and get ready and be ready. And Rodgers knows he's out. And if he could just not talk, if they could somehow make him not talk, <laughs> they, they'd be better off. Because uh, that's man. the only downfall to this whole situation is Rodgers' mouth. And he's not going to stop. You no. know after losses, he's going to cause bigger problems. Because he doesn't answer to anybody. Eventually, LaFleur is going to get thrown under the bus by him, and then no matter what LaFleur does with love, he's going to get blamed for it because of some weird comment Rodgers made after a week six loss. But listen, uh, and this is where I, I stand up for Aaron Rodgers. He has all the leverage in this situation. He is the face of that team, even more so. He's the boss in that locker room, even more so than the head coach. And it wasn't Aaron Rodgers who kept the Packers out of the NFC Championship game a year ago. It was his coach not having the proper play calling awareness. Yeah, that makes also, the situation. He also could have even, ran the ball. I, I, like I, Rodgers could have ran the ball on that on that third down play. Yeah, run, but, run, and get in the end zone. Okay, but Aaron Rodgers also uh, being confused about what was called and not having the proper setup at the line did not help the situation. And I mean, you're you're making Aaron Rodgers seem like a track star. Like, come on. He's fast. He can move. He's not. He's not that fast. You're. You're. You're he's sort of. Try, you're trying to put him into a a Justin Fields situation, and I don't. No, but he's. You know, he's fast enough. Stop. Let me defend sneaky, Aaron Rodgers. Sneaky fast. 
No. <laughs> Hashtag white. Qu- quietly athletic. Uh, right, right, right. A grinder. Uh, Ken Levick alive featuring Coquel, and it is presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Oh, Ken, uh, you, you, you mention them every day. Well, they're the damn title sponsor, so of course I'm mentioning them every day. But also, this is important because uh, I, I can't tell you how many times over my, my 15 years in radio I've, I've heard someone say, how did you... How did you get in sports? How did you how did you get this job? And I tell them, luck. Okay, it was luck. The whole thing was luck. My entire career is a charade. It's a sham, okay? And I've just happened to make the most of it, uh, being uh, less than mediocre. That said, if you want to get into the sports industry and you want the path, you want the keys to success, you get them getting your MBA in sport management at Florida Atlantic because Dr. Jim Reardon and his professors, that entire side of the FAU Business School, they are going to take care of you. Getting an FAU MBA sport management uh, uh, degree is it's invaluable because you have people that have graduated from there in the professional levels of sports. You have people that are, and not just in America, but overseas as well. Uh, you have big-time college athletics. You have group of five college athletics represented. Uh, we told the story yesterday uh, 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 about one of the FAU MBA Sport Management Program degree recipients who uh, has taken a position at East Carolina. We're talking local sports. George Lindley, I love to reference him because he's someone who got his degree in the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, and that dude is all over the place in Palm Beach County as the the head of the Palm Beach County Sports Commission. Do not Wait, if you've wanted to change careers, get into sports, or you're coming out of school and you want to make sure that you're able to get a foot into the sports industry, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is the way to go. FAU.edu slash MBA sport. FAU.edu slash MBA sports. Spring semester courses. Sign up for them now. They're remote or on campus in Boca. That's the FAU MBA sport management program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. Which QB one's time most needs to end for the good of the franchise? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Some good options here. Andy Dalton, Jimmy G, uh, Kirk Cousins, maybe even Aaron Rodgers. We'll take your calls and your tweets when we come back. And, and- we have breaking NFL news. Okay. Oh, you do you, want, do you want the music? Should we? No, no, no. Let's let's just do it now. Then fine. I'll, All right. Uh, with my music, because you completely uh, derailed me. So That's uh, huge news. Go ahead. Jacoby Brissett completed the red zone touchdown to Robert Foster in eleven on elevens. Yeah, I can't wait for training camp to end. I mean, that's huge. Two it's good. Brissett's yeah. ready. Uh, Tua did throw a pick today uh, in eleven on elevens. By the way, as well. Hmm. The I knew that was controversy's coming. coming. I knew that was coming. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. When, Uh-oh. What do they do? What do you do if you're the Dolphins? If you're Brian Flores, do you sit to a... When we return, we'll do a little... Uh, Draft another quarterback? We'll do a little cleanup from a mistake I made yesterday. And the home team had a really good thought about Jack Morris, the Tigers broadcaster, and his Asian uh, impersonation just a couple of nights back. We'll discuss that when we return. He's Coquel. He's just keyed in on training camp. I've lost him for the day. Joe Rigotti hanging out with us as well. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levicka Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levicka.
Want to make sure I do proper housekeeping, something I was called out on respectfully, uh, but want to make sure that I get it right. And also, uh, the home team made a point that I was ready to jump on and crush him for today on Jack Morris of the Tigers and his terrible uh, on-air impression of an Asian, but... Uh, I actually thought it was pretty level-headed. I want to want to discuss that in a moment. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. Uh, don't forget to check out our podcast, uh, and you can get it free, and you can get it wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to it. It comes right to you every day. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel podcast. Again, wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, subscribe to it, and boom, it's right there for you at the uh, the end of the show. Uh, Coquel, you remember yesterday we were talking about De'Ara King, right, the, uh, the Canes quarterback who uh, – was making media rounds uh, just two days ago. We played a cut uh, of of who we believed to be him meeting with local media. Let's let's uh, hear that one more time. This is and the point was they, there was some baiting going on from media, whether it be Stephen A. Smith with Derek King on ESPN Plus on Stephen A.'s World uh, back on Tuesday, or with Kane's meeting with local media, some baiting for bulletin board material so that everybody could go tell on them to Nick Saban and make it a thing and get some clickety-click-click-clicks and make sure that they're going viral. But this is this is the instance I want to focus on from Tuesday down in Coral Gables. Starting with Alabama, mm-hmm. what's your thought about that? Is it is it a dream come true or a nightmare? Uh, <laughs> neither. I don't look into that. Like I said, I just come and I play football. This is what I do. But no, I play ball. Yeah, I'm ready for the big games and all that, but... There's no stress. Defending national champion, anything, you know, you've watched them on tape. What do you see? We're preparing for them, that's all. That's all I can say. You know, we're going hard every day, preparing just like they are. We're preparing too. So I said that that was De'Ara King, and by the way, that response is amazing. I mean, it's just so good. He's not taking the bait. Hey, we're ready, we're prepared going to win, but will not allow that reporter to pull out any sort of bulletin board material from him. But that was actually, and this is more impressive to me, that was not De'Ara King, that was Keontra Smith, who's a sophomore linebacker at Miami. Coquel, that was a sophomore handling some of those baiting questions. A sophomore. That's kudos to Manny Diaz and his yes, staff. Yes, absolutely. That's a great point. Uh, I mean, if... If it's not just Eric King, who we know is sharp and we know is smart and we know is a great representative and a damn good quarterback, and that sort of, of approach to focus, to not giving the opponent anything, that has seeped into the sophomore class. Man, that, and they might get blasted by Alabama. Canes by 10. But, That's what but, tells me. but doesn't that make you feel, if you're a Canes fan, you've got to feel real good just about the, the mental capacity of that football team. That's some mature-ass stuff right there. That's, and that's awesome. A- and anyone who knows Coach Diaz knows he cares truly about his players, so you can tell that they've had real conversations, and it's not always just X's and O's, this is what you have to mm-hmm. do. It's how to be professionals. It's how to live a better life. And he gets in there and his staff, and it's important to him who he hires that they're the same way of making these guys better young men. Again, I don't know if any of that stuff translates to wins. We're going to have to find out on that. I don't know if that translates to that game being a game after halftime uh, in Atlanta. Canes by 10, I just told you. Okay, uh, Coquel says Canes by 10. I don't think that that's uh, going to be anything realistic, it's but I do appreciate the positive thinking. Um, but I, I do know that at the very least, that's a stable run uh, football organization. And then there was Jack Morris, the uh, Tigers color analyst who two nights ago with it impending at bat 
featuring Shohei Otani, uh, he decided to go full Asian impersonation mode. Now what do you do with Shohei Otani? Be very, better careful. Oh, man. Every time I hear it, it's just so it's so gross. And so predictably, there was the apology and Jack Morris has been suspended, as you'd imagine, for that type of impression. Uh, and it, it, as as Coquel and I tried to just give some friendly advice yesterday, don't if you feel like you have to do an Asian impression, don't do it. Like, just stay away. OK, that's common sense. That's just flat out dumb. Now, I was ready to jump all over Josh Cohen and the home team yesterday when they addressed the Jack Morris situation, because after I heard what they said about it the first time, I was like, uh-uh, nope, that is not even close to what I think uh, is correct in this situation. But let's listen to it, because on a second and third listen, I actually sort of understand what they're saying. This is from yesterday, Josh Cohen and the home team, 3 to 5 here on ESPN 106.3. We're all learning together. I literally didn't know that cotton picking was an issue, and I don't use it anymore as a result. Um, I didn't know it was an issue until Ken read the story about the college football play-by-play broadcaster, an old man who didn't know. I didn't know. So we say things we don't know. Um, you know, we just had a, an incident with the Miami Heat, Myers Leonard, who used a derogatory, a hurtful word, an anti-Semitic term. Christina didn't even know what it meant. Christina is a college graduate who produces the radio show. Yeah, I had no idea. What, I had never heard this word, anything. I had to Google it. You had to Google bad K-word. Bad K-word. And I, I had no idea at all. We're, we're all and it, te- it teaches you, you know, don't say things you don't know what they mean, mm-hmm. for starters. Um, and yeah, so two, to Jack Morris, I'm like, hey, listen, I give him, it's okay. Just don't do it again. Right, right. And, and, well, uh, and the, the thing I'm glad about is there wasn't other stereotypes snuck in there, right? There wasn't other stereotypes associated with Asia or with Japanese about being, you know, like I said, some kind of a sneak attack, something that would perpetuate the stereotypes and hatred from World War II. Yeah, right? I mean, it was not, none of that. News. Yeah, for sure. So I, 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 I'm not a thousand percent on board with all of that because I cannot believe in this day and age with as connected as everybody is, like you don't know that the K word is a derogatory term towards uh, the Jewish community and uh, you wouldn't know or have the wherewithal that in 2021 doing an impression, a bad Asian impression is a really bad idea. But I also thought that those points made from Josh and Dean and Tina were reasonable and if i'm going to jump on this show like i have multiple times coquel and i've said uh many times i i don't like judging people by their worst moments me jumping all over jack morris and saying no excuse is uh a little bit hypocritical of myself if i'm going to sort of live by that i don't want to judge people by their worst moments credo i actually think after listening to that a couple of times that's fairly reasonable from all of them what I got out of that is you basically just said Tina's a liar. You uh, said she doesn't just, know what that word means. She said she doesn't know what that word means, and you said you don't believe mm, people didn't know. No, so I can live. It's just so just no. say it. Don't dance around the subject. You want to call Tina home team a liar? No, call I, her a liar. I'm call not going to her face. No, I'm not going to call her a liar. But what I am going to say is that I it is a little uh, concerning that she would not know what that word meant, especially living in South Florida. Right. Plus, like we I, can at least I, come I, to that. I think Myers Leonard knew what that word was. He's a liar. He's a liar. You think He's Myers a Leonard is a liar? hundred yeah. percent. You don't just throw that word out there and in not that know what context it means. with that hate attached to it because he said it in an angry way. You're right. 
Yeah, I, he, I, I he think, knew what it meant. Get I, out of here. I, I again, I don't think Tina's a liar. I think she genuinely didn't know what it meant. But I also no, I think Tina lives in her own world. Yeah, I but mean, if you're she, down here, if you're living down here, and uh, we have a community that is so rich uh, in, in in Jewish influence, like if you don't know what that word means, that's come on. Like, be, be, become, and, and Tina did become educated on it, but become educated on yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing we know about Tina. She's going to find out, and she's going to do everything right, because she always does everything right. You know what I mean? That's, that's just her style. She will work hard until she makes sure she does everything correctly. All right, we don't have but to I, fawn over Tina, okay? I didn't want it to I mean, turn you're into the, that. You're the one who called her a liar and a fraud. I didn't call <laughs> her a liar and a fraud. You're just called putting words into my mouth. You are, I, don't, I don't think she should be suspended, Ken. Uh, stop making trouble. I hate when you do that. Now, Dean, uh, that's another story. <laughs> that's a whole different discussion. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. Uh, and I am holding right now, Coquel, you can't see it, nor can anybody else listening right now, but in my left hand, Ooh. I am holding I don't want to know. an article in no, this is this is the, the, oh, the clean version okay. of this segment, you're right? Exactly, exactly. My offhand, if you will. So, uh, I am holding a Palm Beach Post article about our friends at Stormhouse Brewing in North Palm Beach. That's right. They've become so big that they're getting newspaper coverage now. So it's not just us two talking about them and extolling the virtues of Stormhouse Brewing. I love that place. Uh, I mean, it is awesome. And uh, so here, let me just, they they reviewed the wings on Stormhouse Brewing's menu. And again, uh, only craft brewery in the area that actually has a full menu so you don't have to order out using Uber Eats or, or, uh, or, or go drive somewhere and eat something before you drink craft beer. You can actually sit down with the delicious on-site brewed craft beer and eat off their menu. They review the burgers, the gigantic pretzel, which I know you love, uh, and they went through the whole beer menu. Listen, listen to this final, this final paragraph here, okay? Palm Beach County's bounty of craft beer breweries continues to grow, but most of them are focused strictly on the beer. Many of them have food trucks or offer takeout and delivery, but a brew pub like Stormhouse offers the full restaurant experience. For those of us who enjoy beer but enjoy it best with good bites, the brew pub is a neighborhood gem in the making. Stormhouse Brewing in North Palm Beach is a must. Couldn't have said it better myself. Stormhouse Brewing in North Palm Beach, US 1, Crystal Cove Commons, just a half mile south of PGA Boulevard. Uh, they are awesome. They have that menu. They have the on-site uh, craft beer. But I also need to tell you about the ultimate game day experience that they have coming up. I don't know if you've even seen this, Coquel. You've been out. So, oh, I trust me, I'm all over Stormhouse, and I am excited for the Ultimate Game Day experience. Let me tell you about October 3rd. Carson Wentz won't be there, but... He probably hmm. not. Uh, let me tell you about October 3rd. It's the Colts and the Dolphins. It's the Jacoby Brissett revenge game at Hard Rock Stadium. So here's what's going on uh, based out of Stormhouse Brewing. A bus from Stormhouse to the game and back here to Palm Beach County. A ticket to the game. Breakfast and drinks before the bus leaves. Lunch and Crowler at the stadium tailgate at Hard Rock Stadium. Drink an appetizer coupon at the bar after you arrive from Hard Rock Stadium and 10% off the next game day package So what is that, well. like $1,000? Because that's what it sounds like it should be. You get all of that for $125. That's $125 that's for the bus. ticket to what the game. What about everything else? Ticket to the game, the beer, all of that stuff. Bro, $125. Like that 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 is that is the cost. Nothing additional. 
Now, uh, fine print, $125. Okay. You would, you would spend $125 if you just wanted to get yourself a ticket and pay for gas and parking. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You are getting a full game day experience with this. So, Stormhouse Brewing, here is how. Uh, and I'll say this number a couple of times, to get it, be a part of the bus game day experience, October 3rd, Colts at the Dolphins, Hard Rock Stadium. Call 561-323-4172. That's 561-323-4172. Or you can visit Stormhouse Brewing, as you really should, US 1, half mile south of PGA Boulevard, Crystal Cove Commons, and you can reserve your ultimate game day experience ticket on site there as well. But again, all of that the ticket to the Colts Dolphins game, breakfast and drink, lunch and crawler at the stadium, drink and appetizer after 10% off the next package, all of that for $125 from the fine folks at Stormhouse Brewing. Awesome. Go to stormhousebrewing.com, check out that menu, check out their craft beer selection, and check out what else they have going, including Tuesdays, Taco Tuesdays, and Bingo Night at Stormhouse Brewing. And by the way, today is happy hour all day at Stormhouse Brewing as well. Thirsty Thursday at Stormhouse Brewing. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Lavica. When we come back, a little red light, green light. We're live on ESPN 1063. Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. It's Ken Lavica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken Lavica and Chris Coquel. Oh boy, do we love Greenway, Kia, West Palm Beach, red light, green light. It's the game that we look forward to most every week here on Ken LaVica Live featuring Coquel. We're also looking forward to this game December 18th at 11 a.m. at FAU Stadium. It's the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl brunch and ball. Coquel and I are going full mimosas before the game. We're going to... Uh, We're scheduling our show at 7 a.m. so we can get out of the way and that's get right. drunk. Yep, exa- get, get drunk off mimosas. What is the... Um, what's your favorite brunch food? Like, what are you, what are you going mimosas. with? Mimosas. <laughs> Just flat out mimosas. It's a liquid brunch for you? With, with a piece of toast to keep me going. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, again, 11 a.m. December 18th. It's the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl at FAU Stadium. The game is on ESPN, but we want to see you out there. This is the premier college football event in all of Palm Beach County. It's the premier pre-Christmas bowl game uh, in college football. It is the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. Go to RoofClaim.com, BocaRatonBowl.com. That is RoofClaimBocaRatonBowl.com. One more time, RoofClaimBocaRatonBowl.com. Had to say that one more time because I butchered it the first time. The RoofClaim.com, Boca Raton Bowl. The best part, Ken, is they can go out and join us, and you're like seeing a tiger out in the wild. You know, we see you as a zoo in the in the station. Yeah, I'm I'm but, confined here, but yeah. you'll be in your natural element uh-huh. at FAU Stadium, a tiger out in the, in the wild. wild. <laughs> That's what it's like. That is such a terrible analogy. I mean, that is absolutely brutal. Ken uh, will be there, roaring at people and signing autographs. Mm-hmm. Be there. Yeah. No, 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 no. If you're going to make that comparison to me being a tiger in the wild, that also means don't approach me. Oh, look at you. You get a title show. You're the guy now. Now no one can, And don't look him in the eyes either because that's a sign <laughs> of a... Uh... Oh, man. Except when I try to get aggressive, it's laughable. <laughs> it is not, not even close to the You're actually going to be wearing thing. a tiger suit. I forgot to tell you, by the way. I spoke to management. You have to wear a tiger suit for the entire day. What does that have to do with anything? Uh, it has to do with my enjoyment. <laughs> oh, wait. So I'm just your... I'm like your trained monkey now. Got you. Actually, your trained tiger. Okay, uh, fine. There we go. All right. Here we go. Let's uh, do a little... Uh, uh, Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach, red light, green light. Time for Ken and Coquel to decide if they want to stop 
or go. Red light stop, green light go. Red light stop, green light go. Red stop, green go. Red light, green light, now you know. Red light, green light is driven by Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. All right, Coquel, he reads me what we're discussing, the statements. And Coquel, as always, please go ahead and give us the rules of this so I don't screw them up. Well, Ken, it's a really tough game, but it is sweeping the nation. I had people across the nation talking about red light, green light, all the way in New York. So people are excited that red means stop and green means go. Okay. Uh, so, so Coquel's going to – he didn't really go through how this game works. Red means stop, green means go. What do you mean? You need more instruction. Red means you don't like something. Green yeah. means you like it. You ever there see buy or sell, Ken, that everyone else does? <laughs> well, we stole that game, and we put it as red, yeah. stop, green, go. I'm just saying, usually you're much more succinct and clear about the rules of the game. Follow I the bit, confused. please. I I thought maybe we were doing midterm because I heard that open start playing. But whatever. <laughs> uh, now you're going to call out Rigotti. How dare That's you? That's right. Deflect, uh-huh. deflect, deflect. I can't wait to have Coquel back in studio tomorrow. Out- outstanding. Uh, all right, Coquel, let's get on with it. All right, Ken. Red light means you disagree. Green mean light. Green light means you agree. Dolphins quarterback <laughs> Tua Tunga Viola needs to have a good showing against the Falcons and the Finns week two preseason matchup. I mean, would it be nice? Yeah. Does it need to happen? No, it's a red light. It's it, it, it's listen, he's gonna play the first half. Uh, I think he showed me plenty against the Bears. Everybody wants to focus on the interception. He was just fine before that to downright excellent. Uh, would it? But it would be helpful for my life and my sanity uh, because so many are trying to gnash their teeth and push Tua out of the way and say he's a bust already even though he's nine games into his career and this is his first actual preseason. Like, fine. Yeah, I, it, it would be helpful. I'd really appreciate it if he had a good, solid first half. But with Tua, I, I'm, it's getting to the point where I feel like to the detractors, no matter what he does, it's not going to be enough. So as long as I see consistency from him, if I again see good pocket presence from him, if I again see good tempo from him, then I'm going to be perfectly fine. And I think Tua's beauty now is in the eye of the beholder because he's become so divisive. This is a red light. He doesn't need to have a good showing against the Falcons Saturday night here on ESPN 106.3. I think he does. I think if he throws another dopey pick, it's going to get louder and louder around old Tua. Well, naturally. Because, again, there are there is an anti-Tua faction that is rooting for him to fail, which is weird, and I don't understand it. Uh, so they're they're hoping that he fails. Again, would it, would it calm some of the noise down if he was awesome? Sure. Is it going to change the Dolphins' mind about who's going to be the starter week one? No. So that's why I say red light. All right, Ken. Red light, green light. Umpire Nick Lentz was right for ejecting White Sox pitcher Lance Lynn for throwing his belt in the umpire's direction during a sticky icky check. All right. So this is a big, fat red light because, hey, what was the umpire's name again? That was Nick Lentz. Nick Lentz, get your ass over to the dugout in time to meet Lance Mm. Lynn. He shouldn't have to wait for you. Okay. No, he's Lance the umpire. Lynn. He's the player. Okay, and Lance Lynn is significantly more important to baseball than Nick, whatever his face is, the umpire last night. That was, to me, that's embarrassing. Lance Lynn's walking off, and the umpires are going to sit there, and he was at the steps of the dugout, and they're going to call him back to check his belt. Uh-uh. 
Get over there. You have you your duty is to be there in time to make sure that you are are doing this pointless substance check that has been embarrassing throughout baseball from its very beginning. So get over there. Hustle. Let's go, man. You this have a job. A, oh, so does Lance Lynn, and that's to do what the umpire tells him. Lance he Lynn's been, like a baby. Lance Lynn's been through. doing his job. He doesn't have to listen to what the umpire tells him. Yes, all, he does. The umpire's, that's how, that, the umpire's sports work. No, no, he's not a police officer. The umpire is there to call ball strikes and outs, okay? He's not an authority figure. He's not? Where did Lance Lynn go after that interaction? He got ejected. Okay, so it sounds like an authority figure, so he went to jail. He went to clubhouse jail. Lance That's Lynn, where he went. Lance Lynn had every right to be furious that the umpire is holding up the game and he's ruining his He's not even doing his, his job. The umpire is doing his no, job. The, umpire, the toddler threw a, the, a the umpire. The umpire didn't do his job because he didn't get there. It was the equivalent of being out of position at a play at the back. He didn't get over there to do his proper due diligence to uphold the mandate of baseball. Lance Lynn had every right to get into the dugout. Sorry, this is a red light. Umpire- and, then, and then to throw your belt like a little baby? It looks like my son throwing his toy when he's mad at me because it's bedtime. All right, that's like, get fine. Get out of here. If this was a Cubs player, you would have a completely different reaction. I <laughs> like the Cubs have anybody with the ability of Lance <laughs> Lynn. That is laughable. Next. There, there we go. Exactly. Ken, Kevin Durant and Steve... Nope, that's not the right writing. Who wrote this question? Kevin, it was me. Kevin Durant and Draymond Green are correct in blaming Coach Steve Kerr and General Manager Bob Myers for the breakup of the Warriors super team. Yeah, that was weak. So what podcast... My question or them blaming him? Oh, what, what podcast was this on again? That's uh, not on the question uh, I wrote, Kevin. Oh, boy. Okay. So it they were on, on a- the uh, basketball one. Oh, man. So they were on a podcast together, and uh, they said that the the tiff that they had, the final year of the Warriors dynasty, that was Steve Kerr and Bob Myers' fault, that that's why Kevin Durant left uh, for Brooklyn. I'm going to give that a red light. I don't like that at all. Because the premise is, and I wish we had the audio. I didn't. It's on a new series, Chips. Chips. Okay, gotcha. So the basic premise is, let me just sort of um, cliff notes this. Uh, Draymond Green got into a shouting match with Kevin Durant. It was truly the first internal turmoil uh, that that group had had since Kevin Durant got to Golden State. Kevin Durant said nobody wanted to actually address it afterwards in the locker room. And you remember, it was Draymond Green who got suspended by the team for that. Nothing happened to Kevin Durant, and nobody addressed it. People were too scared, according to Kevin Durant, to bring it up. And he equated it to when Scottie Pippen called out the final play. Uh, Tony Kukoc hit the eventual game winner against the Knicks in the 94 playoffs. Right after it happened, Scottie Pippen got called out in the locker room by people saying that's not cool. And he said that didn't happen with Golden State. Steve Kerr didn't address it. Bob Myers didn't address it other than the suspension of Draymond Green, and that caused more tension, and that's why Kevin Durant left. I think that's wildly unfair. Shouldn't there be a self-policing aspect yeah. to players in the locker room? That's why I think this is a red light. Like, where's Steph on this? How come he's not taking blame? Where's Clay on this? How come he doesn't take blame? It's so easy to just throw it on Steve Kerr and Bob Myers. I thought that was petty, unnecessary, and wrong. Or Durant and Draymond. Why don't you take some blame for acting like babies yourselves and yeah. fighting with each other? Draymond's the you're ultimate not getting enough baby. Attention. Draymond and Kevin Durant are the ultimate babies. I'm looking forward to you uh, a burner account ripping me on Twitter after saying that about Kevin Durant after the show. But that's Cle- so lazy. Clearly, that what happened was they needed a way to get along in the Olympics, and they talked it out, and yep. that was the that was the scapegoat they found. You're exactly right. That was the bond that they found, and that's why they're cool now. If I'm Steve Kerr when camp gets going for the Warriors, I'm walking up to Draymond and being like, "Bro, really?" 
Are you, are you being for real? All right, one more. Multiple high school football games are being canceled across the state of Florida this week due to COVID, including some games locally. Red light, green light. The completion of the 2021 high school football season is in jeopardy. Uh, I'll give that a uh, red light because I think that they're going to find a way to get all these games in. Like we're in this state. If this was another state, I'd say there's a possibility in this state. They're going to do everything they can to get full seasons in. I mean, we lost Westwood for two weeks already. We've lost Santa Lucia's opening it's game. It's a mess, man. It is, it is, it's going to be a mess, and there's going to be a lot of rescheduled games. There's going to be some forfeited games. How many games do you need for a season to become official? Is it 10, or is well, it 10 eight? is your full season. You really just got to oh, play I'm your sorry. All right. you need is your district games. That's really all that truly matters. Okay, so what is that? So they like can get, four, they get five? four, but they're all usually back-to-back. Like I was looking at Port St. Lucie's schedule randomly, and all their district games are in a four-week window, and that was yeah. the first thought that came to my head is if they get COVID during that window, that district is shot. I don't think think that the high school football season is going to be derailed because again in this state they won't let it but do I think it's going to be ragged and questionable on a week-to-week basis absolutely but I'm going to give that a red light all red lights for me today all knows for me in grumpy Ken Levicka. Greenway KOS Palm Beach red light green light uh before we say farewell this is wildly important okay the Girl Scouts of America have unveiled a new cookie. Mm. A new Girl Scout cookie is on the way. It is a brownie caramel cookie, and it just looks awesome. It looks great, but there's one problem. The caramel. Caramel's terrible. Oh, you're terrible. Caramel is not good. It's too sticky. It's too sweet. I don't think it provides much to anything that it's on, and I understand that there are, I understand that there are many pro-caramel factions in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast, but I'm not into it. I would take just the brownie cookie, but the caramel, that turns into a no for me. There's no way that it could leapfrog the Thin Mints for me because the caramel is involved. And so I asked on Twitter, what's the best topping on a cookie or ice cream? And the options were caramel, fudge, strawberry, or other. Right now, fudge and caramel coquel are in a dead heat. A I mean, dead heat. I, I go right to the McDonald's ice cream. All right. And I know they're not a necessarily partner to this show, but I, I, I enjoy McDonald's ice cream. The caramel sundae instead of the hot fudge, that's the go-to. I mean, it's... You pick like, caramel over I, hot fudge? Oh, yeah. I'm licking the cup at the end of that. Get out of here. It, Give it, me all of it. To me, this goes to like even popcorn tins. You know the, the, the popcorn oh, I the don't touch in a so popcorn good. tin? No, caramel corn's terrible. And why is it not... Why is it caramel corn but not caramel corn? When do you call it caramel and when do you call it caramel? Or does nobody call it caramel and that's just me growing up in the Midwest? That's how I learned it. I don't understand. I thought it was, is it caramel corn or caramel corn? I, I say car- caramel. 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 No, I don't you, know. Now you, I'm confused. Yeah, see, now just, I'm, I'm caramel. No, you, caramel. You can't say it five different times and then say that's what it is. By the way, this cookie looks terrible. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. You don't put the caramel in a glob on top. It's got to be spread throughout the cookie uh, like a like a, a swirl. But it's got to be a swirly dirly. No, caramel, caramel. Sh- I don't like it in Snickers. Snickers would be better without the caramel. There are a number of candy bars that would be better without the caramel. Caramel corn. That's the popcorn oh, I touch so least in the it's popcorn. It's not really popcorn tin. though. It's like a different candy. Fudge, fudge is awesome. 
Uh, I like strawberry topping over caramel. Only six oh, percent of the vote. By Why the way, Why would you want fruit? Joshua <laughs> Williams replies, "Peanut butter is a better topping." It's I'll good take in peanut ice cream. butter. Peanut yeah. butter is good in ice cream. Our buddy from Five Reasons Sports, Alex Dino, says fudge. Uh, I'm with him on that. Robert B wanted to make sure he weighed in with coconut sucks. <laughs> Fair enough. Good I, job, Robert. I, I B. mean, he's onto something there. He's right, and I uh, also told him great tweet on that. But also, uh, because I have an advanced palate. I want to make sure that I put this out there. Anything with like a sweet cream cheese topping, that's the real stuff too. Girl Scouts, listen to me, all right? I have an important piece of advice in a week where I have given a ton of advice out on this show. If you adjust the brownie cookie, get rid of that trash bag caramel and put on like a cheesecake or a cream cheese topping, now we're talking with ladies. the brownie. Was that working a cookie though? A cookie that's not a like, cream cheese brownie. Of course it does. A yeah, and like a fresh and like a freshly baked one, but like a prepackaged boxed one. I don't know if that's gonna fly. I think you gotta factor these things. I in, think then. it's gonna fly enough. Sorry, uh, snack master. What they uh, really should just do is get rid of all of them and just call them Thin Mints One, Thin Mints Two, <laughs> Thin Mints Three, and Thin Mints Four. Uh, the the different types of Thin Mints. I like that. Ah, uh, yes. I'll take three boxes of Thin Mints Six, please. Thank <laughs> you. It. Appreciate it. Uh, Cocal, we are anticipating his triumphant return to the Anna John Levine Studios tomorrow. Out of his COVID quarantine for the first time in 12 days how exciting thank you to joe rigatti captain competence thank you for listening thank you for calling he's coquel i'm ken levick and we've been live on espn 106.3 bye-bye